0: Hey, everybody, and uh, welcome if you're joining us from another campus tonight. My name is Austin Duffy. I'm the Fuse Pastor here in Anderson. Anderson, can we welcome all the other campuses? Thank you guys for being here with us. And so we've been in this series. This is just week two, okay? But we're in this series all about purpose called Life on Purpose. And we've talked about it a few times, but we know, like, we all are wondering, like, why are we here? One day, you just started thinking, and there you were. Right, and you've just been in constant motion to this point, and you've got a lot left in front of you, I believe. And so we need to be asking this question, why am I here? And if you believe in God, there's a lot of answers for that. And even if you don't believe in God, I've got some good news for you tonight. So let's let's jump right into it, because I've got two big points tonight, and then I've got four purposes for everyone's life in here, okay? So two big points, and my first big point is this, It's that God made you for him. Told you it was a big point. God made you for him. We're like, why did God make us? Two reasons I'm gonna talk about tonight, but the first one is that he made you for himself. And Caleb last week, he talked about um, Ephesians 2.10, talked about how we are like God's masterpiece, right? And so God is the kind of artist that doesn't just make art for profit, he delights in his art. He delights in his creation like a really good artist does. And this leads us to our very first life's purpose. We're gonna jump right in. You ready for it? It's to be loved by him. Right out the gate, you need to know that your number one, first and foremost, purpose of your life under this truth that God made you for him, why did he make you for himself? Because he wants to love you and he does love you. And us letting ourselves be loved by God is another thing and that's what we need to help uh, talk about and realize is that we have a God who is like a Father. So on that point, I put in parentheses Father, because tonight, as I walk through a little bit, I'm gonna kinda hit on different aspects of the Trinity, and I don't have time to unpack that and go deep into it tonight, but I need you to know that you have a God who wants primarily to function towards you as a perfect Father. We have a parental aspect that we can have with God. See, Jesus, he comes out and he calls God what? This A word, do you guys know? Abba. He calls him father and this is something that's truly controversial and it's truly revolutionary because nobody's calling God dad at this point in history. Okay, they're like, hold on, wait a second. But Jesus comes and he gives us this perfect picture of how we can relate to God as a parent, how we can trust in him to provide, how we can trust that he's running the house, which is the world. And many of you in here, maybe when I like say that word father, that might already be like, ooh, I'm out because maybe your dad's you know, not the best, and maybe that's because his dad wasn't the best. You never really know what's going on in somebody's life, but I wanna let you know that no matter what your family situation is, it is some level of jacked up, it is. I'm thinking about the fact that I have a little girl on the way. Um, if you guys didn't know, I'm having a baby girl. And you know what, it kills me, but also there's something freeing and just recognizing right at the top, like I'm not a perfect dad, can't be. I can't be, but you know what's true is that my little girl who's only you know, in the womb for what, four months now, five, five months almost, she has done absolutely nothing for me, nothing. She's only made my wife feel sick and more tired, and I couldn't love her any more than I do right now. She hasn't done one thing for me, not one thing. And you know what that little girl will never be able to do? Undo the genetics that have caused her to be my daughter. And I want you to know that if God is your father, that is true about you tonight. And there's something that God's doing to us. I like the way that Romans 5, 8 says it. Right here it says, but God commandeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Austin, awesome. is that the King James Version? Yes, it is. Because it uses the word commandeth. And I like it. So can I have my, uh, my little basket over here? Thank you, Marshall. Everyone give Marshall a hand. So, here's what you need to know. We think about God's love often as like God's love is like hidden, like somewhere in this room. And I'm like, all right, now you got to find God's love. Go. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're searching around for God's love. Where is it? When really God's love is a little bit more like this. Okay, this is a tennis ball. It has love on it. So just imagine that this is God's love for a second, okay? And I'm going to pretend to be God for a second. And so God's like, hey, love. Okay, are you ready? I need you to go in. Kinsley! Oh, good duck. Hey, love, I need you to go hit. Nicholas. Oh, love, I'm coming right after you. Ethan. Yeah, hands team. Okay, do you guys see what I'm saying? God's love is coming at you, and he is going to hit you with it. Hey, how about uh, my friends out in, how about Hosea Steen over in Spartanburg? You know what I think? I think God's love is coming right at you, bud. All right, here's the deal. How about, uh, how about my friend Madison Snyder in Hilton Head or Riley Burns in Charleston? You know what? God's love is coming right at you. Okay, how about, uh, I got two more I wanna talk to. Isabel Torres down in uh, Greenville in McKenna Denroy, up in Lake Wiley. You know what's coming at you? A double pitch of God's love. Oh, and we didn't even hit the camera, guys. Give Davis a hand. But I need you to know that when we think about God commanding his love towards you, he's saying love, Go, shoo, like a pokeball, okay? He's sending it like, and and you know what's true about God's love? It's not like a tennis ball that I'm throwing, okay? It's like a heat-seeking missile that's coming at your life, and it is going to get you. And I would venture to say that it probably already has, and you need to realize it, all right? So here's here's the truth, that that happened for us. He commanded it towards us, when? while we were still sinners. So there is nothing that my little girl can, cha- can do to change who her daddy is. There's nothing you can do to change who your daddy is. And God is my father. And if God is your father, you need to receive that tonight. You need to accept that. You need to know it, and you need to know that you do not have to go looking for his love, but you are actually created to be a vessel that he heat-seeking missiles destroys with his love yeah. in the best way. Okay, that's purpose number one for your life. Are you ready for another purpose? Now, I hate to run past that so quick, but you guys gotta know that that's the truth. That's the starting point for us, okay? Purpose number two that we can know because God made us for him, we are made to be in union with him, in union with him. And in parentheses here, I have Holy Spirit. I talked about God as a father, but we also know that we have a very real God that is with us in the Holy Spirit. And we often think about God like we're in a long distance relationship with God. Have any of you guys ever been in a long distance relationship? I'm talking, I'm not, I mean, I'm not talking like you go to Crescent and your boyfriend goes to Pendleton. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like real long distance. One time I lived in England and my wife lived in Belgium. And even one time, it doesn't always take this long, I took a 20 hour bus to go and get to her, okay? That's, long, that's love, people. That's, that's, ladies, if you won't ride on a bus for 20 hours, he's not worth it. Okay, drop him right now in the name of Jesus. All right, so this is what I'm talking about though. We often think about God as somebody that we maybe go and visit like once a month through every year. And then you know what happened to my wife? She came and she moved into the town that I lived in and then we saw each other almost every day, which was great, but you know what? We weren't one yet. We didn't live together. And when we got married, we entered into a a union that says two becoming one that has us poured into the same place and the way that that looks like us with God and a purpose for our life is that we get to be like a house for him. See, the, the presence of God used to dwell in temples, right? And we've talked a lot about that, and we know that the presence of God now can actually dwell in us. This is the Holy Spirit. This is God with us now. Jesus was with us, and he said, you know what, it's gonna be better that I go in, and, and this might be heresy, so get me later, Caleb, but Jesus Christ was here, and there's two options for even this moment, and Jesus made a decision. Option one is Jesus comes up here and teaches to all of us in person or he leaves and we have the Holy Spirit with all of us. And Jesus picks option two, and that's the option that we're in. That's the one that Jesus calls better, and we need to recognize that. We're not holding up waiting for God to just come back and we're scared. No, we know that he is with us and we've got stuff to do, but it first comes out of this union, right? So 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, this is what it says. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. This is great instruction because if we know that the heat-seeking missile of God's love has come at us and we call him Father, we need to know that his presence is in us, that we have the Holy Spirit who is the security of our salvation and is also by means of which we have power, okay, when we surrender to the Holy Spirit. And because it lives in us, we need to treat our bodies like a temple. This is why it's important to take care of yourself. This is why it's important to sleep. I am like chief of sinners here in in, in some ways and have been for most of my life. But the more I realize there's something holy about rest, there's something holy about taking care of my body, about washing my hair, because there's a, a peace and a reality that the Lord of the universe is living in me. And there's implications for that. And there's a way that I host it. And it's a purpose for my life to be in union with God. Not that he lives in the same town and I go and see him sometimes, but that we are together. Husbands in the room, you know when you're somewhere and your wife's not with you, but it's like she's with you? Have you ever like been ordering like maybe like a milkshake or something and you can feel your wife looking at you and she's so far away? That's what I'm talking about, like that that it doesn't matter even if I'm with in the same place as my wife Natalia, we are one, okay? Because that's the union, that's the kind of union that we've entered into. So now that we know that there's this relationship aspect, we need to know point, big point number two. You ready for big point number two? It's that God made you for the world. God made you for the world. We just talked about how God made you for him. We have this father relationship where he just wants to love you and he's doing that and that we get to not have a long distance relationship with God but we get to be close with him by way of his Holy Spirit okay, and because, uh, and, there's, and it doesn't stop there. That is more than enough for all of us, but there's, there is more that God wants to do and wants to give to us when it comes to this idea of a purpose for your life, okay? And the third purpose that we're gonna hit on, I know we're going at mock speed, but we got, we're, we're getting all the good stuff tonight, okay, is to become like him, to become like him. We've talked about how we should be loved by him, We get to be loved by him, we get to be in union with him, and we get to become like him. And there's the last bit of the Trinity there, Jesus, right? We have a God, we we, we learn in in Hebrews four, we just did a whole series about it in December, that we have a God that gets it. Right? We don't have a God who doesn't understand what we're going through, but actually we have a high priest who is tempted in every way that you were, and, and, and yet without sin. And so we have a God that we can look at a, a real life, and that we can really relate to, and we can really see, what did Jesus say about this? What, does, what did Jesus do? And that's why reading the Gospels is so important, because I can look at the life of God. And I, as a Christian, am charged with conforming my life to it. And so what does that mean? I've got three verses that we're gonna look at to see exactly what it means. 1 John 2, 6 says this. says, whoever abides in him ought to walk in the same way with which he walked. So if we are abiding in God, if we do have the Holy Spirit of God living in us, if we are able to call him Abba, Father, we need to pursue to walk the way in which he walked because God walked on earth. His name's Jesus, okay? And we have evidence of his life. We have, we have this beautiful person that we get to know. And when we get to know him, we're, there's this charge to be conformed to how he was, all right? And then how about this, Ephesians 5, one through two. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved, what, children, and walk in love as Christ loved and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Another clear instruction. Look at the way Jesus walked and walked. And what did it look like? It looked like love. It looked like real love, not this phony love that that the world wants to sell you. Love that says, while someone is spitting in his face, Father, forgive them. While they are nailing him to a cross, he's saying, I love you, with his action. That's the kind of love we're called to. Not the kind of love that's easy, but loving an enemy. That's what God did for us, yet while we were still sinners, he died for us. And so to become like him, 1 Peter 2.21, one more verse for you. For this you have been called. Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. Because God made you for him and because he made you for the world, you following in the steps of Christ looks like you following in the way of sacrifice. It looks like us figuring out where death is, where we can die to ourselves and put others in front of us ourselves and going to that, not away from it. Not pursuing what is easy in life, but going the way, going the road less traveled to love a fallen world that can feel so broken at times and even in the midst of somebody not agreeing with what you think about blah, 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 saying, I love this person because God loved me when I was still a sinner and I love them too. And this is what we're called to. When we talk about becoming like God, being a purpose of our life, This is what I'm talking about. Being conformed to his image, being conformed to his person is we look at it, we see what he did, and we imitate it, just like it says there. And I think that right there is enough to know what to do with your life. You're like, what do I do? Let's try to be like Jesus. It's the what would Jesus do thing. It's very, very serious, very, very real. And this leads us to our last purpose that I'm gonna talk about tonight. And then we're gonna go to groups and we're gonna talk through some of this stuff, talk about these big points and We're gonna talk about the reasons that we were made. And the fourth life purpose I want to kind of put in front of you tonight is you were made to be his representation. Leave that point up for a second because I'm gonna talk about it. To be his representation. And in parentheses, I have this word ambassador. Okay, you may know what ambassador does. I'm gonna tell you if you don't. See, we have this relational aspect with all parts, with everything that is God and the Godhead. And then there's this role that we're given. And it says right here in 2 Corinthians 5.20 this, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God is making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. This is our role, our role as an ambassador is is that God is appealing to the world through you, through me, through our life, okay? Do we see the importance of that? Do we realize that we are actually God's plan A for the reversing of the curse that humans have experienced? And it looks like us going and just being, being the hands and feet of Jesus, being his representation. All right, I'm gonna put uh, this guy on the board. He's the Polish ambassador. I'm gonna talk about, Um, being ambassadors, go ahead and try to say his name uh, if you can. Piotr uh, Wilczyk. Pretty good? Wielczyk. I mean, it's not the easiest language, okay? This guy, you know what he does? Where do you think he lives, the Polish ambassador to the United States? Anybody know? He lives in D.C. He lives in D.C. in this house right here. Cool house. Swaggy flag, Poland, okay? And uh, in this house... He does all of his, his business and an ambassador is charged by the country that they're from to do what? To represent the country, to represent its, uh, to represent its agenda, to represent its people, to represent foreign nationals. The, an ambassador and the embassy, they do all sorts of stuff and there's this really crazy thing. I remember when I learned about this, it blew my mind. So can we put that picture of Poland's uh, embassy up for just one more second? What country is that that we're looking at? Oh, this is where it gets tricky, because as soon as you step onto that property, the United States government says that that is Poland, okay? This is in Washington, D.C., but the actual property that exists there, and you can can take that picture down, thank you, is considered Poland, okay? When the Polish ambassador gets in its car with the little Polish flags and starts driving around D.C., do you know what country he's in? Poland. Poland. Wherever his feet walk is actually technically, legally considered Poland. It's this law called the law of extraterritoriality. If you can say that first time, you're a whiz, it's gonna be up on the screen, write this down. The law of extraterritoriality. You can look this up, it's a real thing. This is one of my favorite things I ever learned because it gives me such a beautiful picture of what our purpose is, okay? You guys got an extra territoriality. So if an ambassador from Poland, everybody with me, if an ambassador from Poland to the United States, even when they are surrounded by Americans and even when they are in America, even in that situation, you know what country they're in? Their home country, which is Poland. And I don't know if you know this, but you have a home country and it's not the United States, it's the kingdom of heaven. And that's where I first identify myself with because we have, uh, there's another part in the Bible where, where Paul says that we are, our citizenship is in heaven. That I primarily look at my citizenship first, not as American, although I am American, and a pretty proud one at times. First and foremost, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And that is the kingdom that I represent. So you know what would be true? If I'm an ambassador of Christ and his kingdom, so how about you know, my home and inside the walls of my house? Could I look at that as first America, or maybe even could it firstly be the kingdom of heaven? How about where we stand right here? Could we claim this ground as first and foremost? Yeah, we're in South Carolina. Or perhaps we could represent a kingdom and experience this extraterritoriality in our lives today and know that heaven can go with you, okay? And uh, at the end of the day, here's what I want you to know. We've got two big purposes, we've got this mission, but, but at the end of the day, you represent a relationship. You represent a relationship. When you're going around, when you're going to your school, when you're in your home, I wanna give you this picture of knowing that you can be in the kingdom of heaven and represent it as an ambassador wherever you go, but you're not representing just a country or just a territory or just a president, you're representing a, rep, a relationship that you have with a perfect father. and with with a savior in Jesus and with a power in the Holy Spirit. You represent that intimacy that you can have with God. So as we go and talk about this, okay, we have to remember the order of importance here. Number one, God made you for him. He made you so that he could love you and show you all of the ways that he just is insanely passionate about you in your life. God created you to be a vessel that he He seeking mission destroys with his love because he's wild about you. And what that also means is that we don't have to be far away from him, but we get to be in union with him. We get to pursue being one with God and welcoming him in our literal bodies we can see and, and have a manifestation of God's power. And only from that place can we even look to the cross of Christ and say, I will take it and I will follow. And once you've got that, you can go boldly into anything and know I represent a kingdom that is more real than this stage I'm standing on because it is a kingdom that is everlasting and that will that will take over and is taking over. Jesus came and the first thing he says is repent, change your mind, get get, get a second look at the situation, guys. You know why? Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here and it's coming. So get on board, baby, because we're rocking and rolling. And that's what has happened, that's where we're at. And I wanna invite you all to recognize the importance of your purpose to be an ambassador of that kingdom. When you go to your schools, the way that you talk to people, the way that you Snapchat people, you are an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven and you are representing that beautiful relationship that we're able to have with God. So would you guys uh, stand, but then also bow your head, close your eyes, because we're gonna pray and then we're gonna sing. We're about to go into a second where we're gonna um, sing this little bridge and then another good bit. And it's pretty sure saying, you can have my heart. You can have my heart. And I wanna invite you tonight to re-surrender your heart to your Father. And I want you to think about that heat-seeking missile of his love and let it absolutely smoke you wherever you are because it's coming at you. And it's not just a one-time thing. God's got love on love on love on love on love. Coming at you, it's coming at you. It's easy maybe to believe that for the person next to you, but I want you to open yourself up and let it hit you. And then go from there. We'll see what happens, okay? I'm gonna pray and let's, let's have a moment with God and then we're gonna talk about the rest of the stuff we can do after that. You guys with me? Let's pray. Father, thank you for that love. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the union that we get to have with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Would you fill us all fresh again? Thank you for the life of Jesus. Thank you so much that you understand what we're going through and that you have shown us a better way. And so we say we submit to it. We submit to the way of your cross. Help us to love people the way that you love us, Lord. And lastly, would you make us great ambassadors of that kingdom? Would you give us boldness? And would you give us all of the... um, all of the vision for what this world could look like as we do the bidding of your kingdom, as we take your thing around. We love you so much. In Jesus' name.